Okay, Professor Oak, it took me six months, but I finally finished the Calyx Pokedex for you. My, what perfect timing, because guess what? Oh, no. I have another region for you to go to. This time it's Alola. Professor, how many Pokemon are there? I'm tired. I want to sleep in a bed for once instead of a bench in a Pokemon Center. Come on, what's another hundred Pokemon to add to the decks? Plus, it's a tropical place. It'll be like going on vacation. Don't you think it's time for me to start looking into things like high school or maybe college? Ah, you can worry about that later. You will like Alola. The place even has new forms of Pokemon that already exist. Look at this cute little gray meowth. Meowth, meowth. <sighs> All right, fine. But okay, this is the last time I'm doing your dirty work. Next time, you can fill out your own Pokedex. Excellent. Here are your plane tickets. Call me when you get there. Have fun. Say hello to Professor Kakui for me. Is Ash finally gone? Yes, Mrs. Ketchum. Though it's getting harder and harder to convince him to fill out more Pokedex entries. Well, then we'll have to just come up with something else. Like, oh, I don't know, taking photos or something. You ever think he's going to figure it out? What, that we seem to get along well like a ditto in an Eevee at a daycare center? Nah, he's too innocent. To him, you've got the libido of a Magikarp. Well, you know what they say. Magikarp on the streets, Gyarados in the sheets. <laughs> This is RBG Backtrack, RB Gamer's official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of PC gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear. Join hosts Kelly Ryan, Matt Mason, and the estimable Mike Minky as they and their guests tell you what to borrow, what to buy, and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky. Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we are your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am Kelly Ryan, along with my co-host, the Soglio de Myluno, Wino Tone, I cannot remember how to pronounce that thing, Matt Mason. Alola. Alola. And joining us, our our special guest, Robert Albright. The the doof of your heart. (laughs) Uh, That's Diamond and Pearl. That's not for a while, or not until a couple weeks from now. Um, Cassandra Ramos. Hello, everybody. And Michael Wheels Apps. Alola. And if it wasn't abundantly clear, we are talking Pokemon Sun and Moon. The last uh completely handheld entry in the series as far as i know because technically the switch version was a hybrid rather the switch sword and shield is a hybrid rather so the the last 3ds pokemon game and it went out with a bang here's well i mean unless you consider the ultra versions oh (laughs) we'll get into the ultra versions i bitched about that endlessly on rpg cast when i was playing them but uh sun and moon i definitely have good memories about these games i'm pretty sure the cast has good memories mm-hmm. only games. ones i've beaten 
What? Really? Wow. There's our first zinger of the night. Yeah. I did not I expect know, to hear that. I as well, but but those were that's it, like it. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll have to get into that a little bit because I thought that you were a Pokemon fiend, Robert. Oh, I I own all except for Sword and Shield and like a lot of the spinoff games. Ah, oh, gotcha. I just I usually just pick them up and don't finish them because it's like, eh, oh, new shiny. He just yeah, likes to watch. They uh they certainly are a time sink, especially if you've got kids. I don't know, maybe maybe you can play them while having playing with your kids. You could play them with your kids. That I do. My daughter I, loves to watch. So it's always handy. I don't I don't have kids, so I don't know. I have cats, don't, but they don't they, the they cats could, watch? Uh, they they could <laughs> They could give two crups, though Murray <laughs> did get quite upset when I was playing Let's Go because I kept clonking him on the head by accident. Because <laughs> he was, yeah, uh, he likes to get controls. in my, he uh, likes to get in my lap, and he did not like very much, you know, just clunk, clunk. I, I'm out of here. <laughs> but that being said, uh, we will get into it pretty deeply after the short break so stick around Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we're talking Pokemon Sun and Moon, released worldwide on November 18th, 2016, and then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon was released, I think, a year to the day later, I want to say. Oh, yeah. It was the uh, Friday before Thanksgiving, both times. Okay. So, uh, sixth generation of Pokemon... No, I'm sorry, seventh generation. My bad. Mm -hmm. Um development started immediately after Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire and this was kind of more intended to place emphasis on the Pokemon and kind of the nature of the games uh, also pushed the 3DS's hardware kind of to its limits uh, it's um, sort of sequels slash <laughs> Ultra Sun Ultra Moon I should say more so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I don't, I don't really remember a lot of the heart, the problems, but I do remember people talking about it. Um, and again, that's just my bad memory. I, I remember the complaints more than actually having the issues myself. But uh, uh, I mean, to put it we'll bluntly, see. Nintendo was very skeevy with their marketing for it, and that they weren't really saying or not saying whether or not it was a quote-unquote third game or a sequel and when it turned out just to be like a glorified third game only two third games uh, people like especially me got really irritated because by all rights all of the changes should have just been dlc yeah i mean it's if you haven't played either of them the ultra versions would probably be preferred over the original but coming like oh. a year off of the original sure. games oh yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong the improvements were awesome but a year to the day 
afterwards without really even in saying in the marketing what the game was going to be because you know but bear in mind we had we kind of had a pattern up until black and white where it's like okay two games and then third ultimate version and then black and white 2 was the first one that broke that that did a sequel and i love the shit out of that sequel uh so then i was kind of yeah yeah i was hoping for that for x and y and they just completely skipped doing an ultimate version of that one i i almost want to say oh or the aloha region is the ultimate version of gen 6 because it's better in every way possible but then um but then they pulled that stuff with the ultra and i wasn't very happy about that but that that being said (laughs) Uh, I, 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 thought I hear there's some podcasts where we can hear you complain about that. Um, uh, well, yes, the, this I, podcast, but also if you go to the RPG <laughs> cast archives, um, you get to hear my frustration. But that being said, I also kind of screwed over myself, too, because I pretty much just made my own ultimate team out of my living Pokedex. And because of that, it kind of took all the fun out of the game because I was just wasn't really needing to catch anything it was just blazing through the story and because the story was kind of a rehash with some extra stuff thrown in there it was like i don't know why i'm wasting my time with this i just thrown in oddly shoehorned into scenes it was just so weird yeah when they were showing the stuff off for ultra sun and ultra moon nothing to me screamed sequel to me, it just it really did scream like this is oh this is going to be an enhanced version. Yeah. I don't I didn't say anything to anyone at the time because I know Pokemon fans are very rabid, but to something in the back of my head was screaming oh this is just going to be an enhanced port. Well, there was a, like the, I was hoping that okay it's an enhanced version, but maybe they really changed it enough that it'll be worth going through another time. And I mean, not really. Like there are some good points to the change to the change story and i really like what they did with the post game uh but yeah they could have altered that and made it altered those changes and made a dlc yeah i I think it would have come off better had they let you like import your save from the first game to just Mm -hmm. like play the new end game stuff but instead you had to just you had no choice but to start over from the beginning which is a little ridiculous yeah, but I guess we can get into that a bit with the plot. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting? Because we were talking off air earlier about fan translations or everything, and I brought up the uh, Dragon Quest Monsters game, Joker 3, which was the last one on the 3DS, pretty much a contemporary right around this time. And they did a Joker 3 professional version where they added a second post game and changed some stuff throughout it. What's really interesting, the way they went about that, they let you import a certain number of monsters per day from your Joker 3 save file. But also, there was an option right in the menu from the very beginning of the game to fast forward to the next story boss. So if you wanted and it, you had imported like your, you know, here would be Pokemon or whatever, you imported your good team in like three days, you might spend all of two or three hours just kind of taking out a few bosses and then going straight into the brand new content. If you wanted to skip it all, you could. If you wanted to play along, you could. Yeah, the game def- the Ultra definitely could have used some some sort of feature like that because I didn't even bother with any of the post game. So- yeah, that is that was that was really the good part. The post game. Yeah. We'll get into that later. Yeah, because I, I was so frustrated with the main game. Main game. That being said. 
sun and base sun and moon and probably ultra sun and moon had it not been for that burn is probably one of my favorite pokemon games of all time just because it's it's the first one in a long time that has actually tried to change stuff up and for the better mm-hmm. uh, yes the the most stark change being no gym gym battles <gasps> um i don't remember people being happy or sad about this i think most people were glad about some I heard missed the gym, like the gyms, and they were glad that they were back for the short sword and shield. But in general, the island challenge was a very welcome change of pace. Yeah. So and they, and they were well presented too. I mean, they still had the feel of the gym because you were taking on like a leader for a particular type. But the areas they were in were a lot more varied than most of the gyms before because all the gyms even even the most unique gyms were still you plodding through a building taking on trainers to get to the gym boss to beat them whereas these were like you know you could be in a cave there was one in a forest i remember i mean they were varied and it, it, instead of just being in buildings even oh, if yeah. the insides of the buildings look different you were still in buildings yeah the trials were more like you know mini dungeons and there were different tasks you could do not just battling trainers and or pokemon at wild pokemon um i think one of them had like a find the difference thing which sounds kind of lame when i'm saying it out loud but it was actually really cool because um it involved uh aloha and marowax um doing fire dancing which oh, the i dancing thought one yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, which I, I thought know. was cool. Um, there was one where he was having to find um, young, not young gooses, gumshoes in a cave. I think that was one of the first ones. And then mm-hmm. the the best one, the uh, groceries, the haunted grocery store where he was taking photos. Oh, that one's great. Ooh, yes, mm-hmm. that, that was a great one. So, you know, just a lot of variety in the gameplay. So it wasn't just trot, trotting to gym after gym after gym, which I appreciate and I'm sure a lot of people did. Um, just getting into some of the other stuff that, that this game had compared to others. I mean, did well. I forgot you could get Mega Evolution stones, but that was post game, right? Yes, yeah. and they did not add new Mega Evolutions. In fact, Nintendo seems to want to kind of put them aside. Yeah, because I mean, Mega Evolutions, from what I heard, especially in competitive, is very broken. Yeah, from what I understand too. Um, instead, we got Z moves, which is just a, ve- a very powerful move, and you had to have a Z crystal um, on the Pokemon in order to activate it. And some of them are generic, and some Pokemon have very specific Z moves, like the Eevee one that I posted earlier today. I can't even remember the name of it now. I only remember it because somebody synced it up with the Power Rangers theme song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just Sunshine, pan- pan- sunshine Pancake. Oh, yes, Snorlax <laughs> finally getting up and crushing someone. Again, it's been standing for a while now. <laughs> Having that much energy to jump is a different story. Yeah, I can't jump like that when I just wake up. <laughs> um, I, I My starter, uh, Incineroar, also had the one that was called Darkest Lariat that was um, pretty much a wrestler jumping from the ropes move. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, uh, yes. that's the base move, and then a malicious moonsault is the Z move. Right. Oh, yeah, that's that's right, my bad. Um, and I think that's all the Z moves I can think of, but yeah, it was just a n- nice little touch because, you know, when you're doing when you're doing really bad in battle or something like that, you can kind of whip that out and 
do insane damage at the caveat that you can only do it once per battle. But to be honest, I liked using it just a one-shot trash Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, you could, uh, once per battle, any random encounter just becomes z Trivial, trivial yeah. at that point. Um, it had yeah, it the best... The other big thing that this one had is that it's the first one that pretty much just gets rid of HMs. Woohoo! So Praise the Lord. No, no more Bidoof. No more Bidoof HM slaves. Nope, or if you're me and just like, okay, everybody gets designated an HM. Yeah, that's how yeah, I used to do me. it. Like, no HM slaves. Everybody's just like, okay, you're the cutter, you're the surfer, you're the flyer, you're the mm-hmm. strengther. <laughs> At least fly and surf were useful. Yes. In battle, the rest of them not so much. So them ditching those. Instead, you got Pokemon that you could ride on, and you got a little keychain that could summon different Pokemon, and you can assign those to d- different Pokemon to ride. Um, you got a Stoutland that you could ride that not only um, moved a little bit faster, but basically worked as your item finder. It sniffed around stuff to find stuff. Let's see what else? There was your Charizard that could do fly, which I want to say you get about halfway through the game, which is pretty handy. Uh, you've got your Ma- Machamp that can do strength, which p- can push around boulders and stuff, and that one is hilarious because the Machamp holds you like you're a <laughs> girl. <laughs> that is fun. Funny. Um, the Tauros run, ran around and could do Rock Smash and mm-hmm. also gave you a little bit of a speed boost. And then the Lapras gave you Surf. Yes, you also got a Sharpedo, Sharpedo. that could uh, mm-hmm. smash through rocks. Right. Rock right. Smash Surf. So it is a very nice change. Yes, and they kind of started it in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire with the Eon Flute. I, I still remember, like, Taking it like going into my party to use fly, just like oh yeah, I could just press this button and summon Latios or Latias. Mm-hmm. Um, d- definitely a welcome change, and also replace the bicycle, which I forgot about. Well, yeah, you could ride That's on a stout right. like, to basically replace it. So yeah. Um. Then they, I think they brought back the bicycle and sword and shield. Yes, they did. But I want to ride around on a Tauros. Probably less chafing that way, though. <laughs> yeah, and a little less awkward. Mm. Um. Where do you park that guy? Oh, I, I know. I I know. I rode around on a Rapidash. Um, where do you clean up after it? It's a real question. <laughs> um, Isn't that a question for your Digimon? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, so, some other kind of minor changes. You've got the Festival Plaza, which was the online feature. Um, I didn't like that nearly as much as the uh, kind of ticker at the bottom screen in the sixth generation, just because having to go into it and check all the messages to make them clear for me was kind of irritating. Um, and I I really didn't find a lot of the places that you could go in that uh, in the pause very useful. Um, I don't know if anybody else I, did. What did I? I'm trying to remember. I might ha- that I might have checked that regularly enough for to get some bottle caps. Is that one? Like I'm ch- clicking on it right now to see what in the world. But yeah, I, I think I was to have global challenges in there. Am oh, I remembering yeah. that correctly? In the in the in the center tent, you could go in and I think like, so. Because this came oh, out right, right after Pokemon Go, so... All right, I think you can give... Oh, what is it? You could give food. You can spend festival coins. What does it do now? Is this friendship or is this for affection? But, but yeah, there were some useful things in here. So I used to do this fairly regular. Yeah. Rare, uh, rare items and such. Now, the, the kind of 
side game thing that I did like the crap out of was the uh, Poke Pelagio, which basically lets yes. you kind of assign Pokemon from your box to do various tasks, like um, g- gather beans, or they could work out to get extra levels, or they could recruit Pokemon for you, which was nice. I, this was great. I love idle stuff in my RPGs. I love just mm-hmm. being able to you know, do something like, oh, this is going to take three hours. Cool. Let me go cook dinner and uh, yeah. put the kids to bed. And, oh, hey, look at that. Three hours later, I'm sitting down to play tonight. And that just I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like I, I did the, play the hell out of that kind of stuff with like the briefly default games and uh, Legend of Legacy and all oh, this, too. Yeah, um, I, I think the one in, in particular that I liked was the spa, which passively rose friendship, which is always kind of a pain in the ass to do with these games. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, the Pokemon Ame, the Pokemon Ami also returned to uh, give you po- bonuses for making your Pokemon like you, which I appreciate. And you can cheese pretty easily because for through the um, Poke Pelagia, you got beans to feed them and i just farm a ton of rainbow beads to or rainbow beans to feed my pokemon yes. and um unlike mo- the mono me which it seemed like it took forever forever, <clears throat> forever to get them up like i don't only have to fe- feed my dudes like three beans and they'd be at max friendship yeah like you there were like um whatever the food version was in that game whatever the food was a poke puffs there were yeah. ways to speed that up with better ones, but the like the rainbow beans really made that easy. And mm. it's kind of a shame that Sword and Shield doesn't have any, as far as I'm aware, any quick way to do that. Nope, just tossing, uh, tossing the ball at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and curry. Fetch, fetch. Um, and then the ultra version of the game also had additional features, uh, including two mini games, which was Mantine Surfing, which I liked, and the Ultra Wormhole, which I absolutely hated because the control was garbage. Yep. Turned that off when I found out about it. Yeah. Because, hey, it was a a fairly easy way to get shiny Pokemon. Yeah. Lots and lots of legendaries. Um, I unfortunately I was pretty much out of patience by the time I unlocked that, and it defaulting to t- uh, motion controls on the 3DS was Ooh. who who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> um, the only way you could turn it off the motion controls was I think some obscure NPC in the Game Freak building. Yes. would switch them. And even then, the controls were still a nightmare to get used to because, you know, you're constantly fighting against gravity, against black holes, while trying to go move forward faster and just, ah, uh, never had the patience for that. I like the uh, wormhole or whatever it was in Alpha Sapphire to get Legendary so much better. Don't know if anyone has any strong opinions one way or the other. Uh, I yeah, love the no, surfing. You, uh, surfing? <laughs> Surfing fun. Yeah, and I did spend a long time in the Ultra wormholes because I got a lot of shinies that way. Uh, unfortunately, I just the the only time I've ever hunted for shinies was trying to chain uh chain meowths and let's go, but that never happened. So I still don't have a shiny meowth. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. did yes. Uh, did we mention the Alolan re- uh, regional forums? Um, no, that's that. This was a completely new thing to the game. So they decided to kind of redesign certain Pokemon as if they had evolved in Aloha. 
So, for example, you have an Alohan executor, which is is the palm tree executor, but has a really long neck and is a dragon form for or is a dragon type for some reason. Yes, and by evolution, as in descent with modification, not glorified metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got dark type uh, rat- Rattata and Raticates and dark type Meowth and Persian, which <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I think I called my Persian butt face because that's what it looked like. <laughs> but uh, see, so you had ice type Vulpix and uh, Sandshrew, which I didn't get the justification for that because I thought that Aloha was supposed to be tropical. How did they become ice type? At the top of the uh, tallest mountain, there's snow. But why those Pokemon specifically were there and not the rest of Alola is not really explained other than other Pokemon chased them there or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, got... yeah. Alolan Raichu. Which yeah, is that's the, yeah, that's who I was getting ready to say. He uses his uh, tail as a surfboard. Yes, and like I think the Pokedex says that no one's sure why it evolves this way, except it might have eaten a lot of fluffy pancakes. Um, who else? You had uh, Muck and Grimer, which were psych I think psychic type? Uh dark. Oh, dark, dark type. Um that were even more toxic apparently. Had kind of psychedelic colors that flashed when you used them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I remember those rainbow muck there. Let's see who else am I? I think missing? that yeah, I'm trying to look through. That might be it because uh, this will this will become a trend from for the in the games from the, then on. And it, it's a trend that I love oh. that, that they're continuing because you know we have so many animals in real life that evolve differently based off where they ha- came from. It makes sense that there'd be divergent evolutions and di- divergent types of Pokemon. Yes, it's a brilliant idea. Like it's a way to uh, you know create add new Pokemon without technically creating new Pokemon. You change mm-hmm. up their types, uh, their abilities, their appearance, and yeah, well, I, 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 swap I, and boom, you got a brand new one. Uh, I, I will admit Aloha and Meowth and Persian were kind of lazy redesigns, but I, I liked uh, Vulpix and Sandshrew. They were, mm-hmm. I thought that they were neat. Um, yeah, I like the Ice-type Vulpix and uh, Nine Tails myself. It reminds me of, um, for years I used to teach advanced math at school, and I, I had one administrator that's just like, oh, you know, teach the next grade level math, teach the next grade level. You're doing fifth grade? Cool. Teach them all the sixth grade math. Um and then after a few years, the administration started to shift and whatever. And they it, it was more like, no, 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 go deeper. Stop doing more. Stop doing more. Go deeper into it. And then, like, this is what they did. Like, listen, you got all these Pokemon. Go deeper into your well of what you already have, ones that are already popular. You know, s- stop pushing all the way to 900 right away. Let's, you know. You well, want 50, you know, which they did eventually. But, you know, y- you want another dozen or two dozen new ones in this game well pull from what you got oh i forgot about alolan diglett and doug trio which oh yeah little hair yeah give some hair that trio's hilarious did we all name our doug trio hey yay yay because it looked like that he-man meme <laughs> maybe that was just me well that was probably just you <laughs> oh, fun. goodness that lo- those locks type. those luxurious locks steel luxurious locks <laughs> And and yeah, I mean, you know, I 
famously my biggest complaint with uh, Black and White was because it was all new Pokemon. I felt like they were really recycling a lot of the designs just to kind of, you know, give you a rock type that evolves three times and give you the basic bird Pokemon and stuff like that. And I think this kind of lets you revisit old types while being a little bit more creative with your original Pokemon. Um, that being said, I don't think there were any unique evolutions in this one. No, that's not till the next generation. Okay. Um, but yeah, had, had a lot of fun with the LOL Pokemon. Um, not as much fun as I had with the starters, though, because <laughs> as we all know, I'm a cat person. And when I saw that the fire starter, which is usually what I pick, was going to be a cat. I lost my mind. <laughs> yep, it's the tiger of the Chinese zodiac, at least, and that fan theory is holding up so far. Yep, I showed but that trailer to my husband, and I was like, "Hey, guess what my starter is going to be?" And he took one look at the trailer and said, "Oh dear lord." Though <laughs> so I did like the other evolutions to, or the other starters too. So it, I mean, if there wouldn't have been a cat, it would have been a hard pick. Because you've got Rowlet the Owl and Popplio the Seal, and they were all so adorable. They were. And their final forms are pretty cool, too. Yeah, I remember there being a lot of backlash against Incineroar. And the thing that killed me about it is that the one that would have made sense to be fire and fighting was fire and dark. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm not really into wrestling, but it's supposed to be a wrestling heel and kind of mm-hmm. uses dirty tricks. I mean, it's possible they decided to backtrack on fighting type, but at this point, I think Game Freak might just be teasing people. Yeah. But it's I, just I, like, like, is Incineroar firefighting? Nope, it's dark. Is uh, Cinderace firefighting? No, it's just fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're trolling. They are completely trolling. Um, but, man, some of the lore that they've been into with those starters, like... Um, Rowlet's final evolution essentially being an, an, a ghost owl because the actual owls that lived in Hawaii went extinct. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the fan supposition anyway. I don't think that's ever actually been like stated in an interview or anything. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case, though. Some deep Pokemon. They, they really like to get into their lore with um, s- some of the backstories of the Pokemon, so... Yeah, that's true. Uh, and and Poplio, um I know a lot of people that love Poplio. Oh, that's a good design straight through. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. Um, in po- po- the new Pokemon Snap, they have Primarina is basically like a pop star that all the other Pokemon like to listen to when she sings. <laughs> that's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's very adorable. Yeah, um, Kelly... Um... There are actual owls still in Hawaii. Oh, but I think it's I think the Sijuai may be based on the stilt owl, which is extinct. Yeah, that's more like fan speculation because it's got long legs. Yeah. Plus, I think owls are have some importance in Hawaiian mythology, being guardian spirits, as I recall reading. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. So guardian spirit, make it a literal spirit. Yeah, I I lived in Hawaii for what eight months. 18 months? 18 months. Nice. Okay, so yeah, that is true. Now, I will admit, I was like five years old, so I don't remember a whole lot sometimes. You you weren't into the owl mythology back then? (laughs) No. The the biggest one is the one that they 
that Disney-based Moana album. <laughs> <laughs> like, I even seen a, uh, a um, the Native Hawaiians will actually do uh, dance, they actually do dances to tell their stories. And I actually got to see one live in uh, my kindergarten elementary school cafeteria once. Oh, neat. Um, and yeah, if we for, I mean, I mentioned it during the trials, but we forgot Wohan Marowak. That's a ghost oh, type. Yes, ghost fire. Yeah, which I love that design. I love all the Alolan designs, really. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> They're fun. I, ironically enough, the only one that I really don't like is the one of my... But, well, <laughs> Meowth is okay, but I thought that uh, Persians was kind of phoned in. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a goofy-looking thing, it is. Though, we're, from what I've heard, it's supposed to be inspired by a British short hair which has a round face and I will, I will admit I have a plush of uh, Alohan be, uh, Persian, so I don't hate it that much, but it reads much better in 3d than it does in 2d because the model just looks like the pa- the face is just kind of pasted on <laughs> versus the actual plush, which like it has an actual cat face. Mm. So they did a much better job with me on evolution and sword and shield, but we won't get into that. Um, what we will get, <laughs> what we will get into, however, is the story because yeah, the, the story was also a step up from Generation Six in this one. I thought. Oh, for sure, for sure. In my opinion, still not quite the heights of Generation Five, but they definitely did a lot better. And yeah, be- it's I, also better than the uh, proceed than the you know the current generation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you move to Aloha with your mom, and while this is going on, a girl named Lily escapes from a mysterious lab with a mysterious Pokemon named Cosmog. And a, a running joke in the game is that Cosmog will not stay in this bag, and the Cosmog's <laughs> nickname is Nebby. And the whole running joke is like, get in the bag, Nebby. Get in the freaking bag. Um, it became a meme. Phew. <laughs> I, I wanted to buy a Cosmog plush just to keep it in a bag um, <laughs> just to be funny um, and you, you get your starter saving her from Spiro by the way and that, and then uh, the oh, Island Kahuna challenges you to complete the Island Challenge and you do the challenge on the first island and then you pretty much just go around all the other islands doing the challenges Um in the meantime, uh, a corporate the corporation that Lily escaped from, the Aether Corporation, releases an uh, Ultra Beast from a wormhole, and you've got Team Skull also harassing you, who work for Skull. the corporation. Yeah, but you don't find out about that till later on. Yeah. Also, to explain a bit, Ultra Beasts are described as being uh, Pokemon from other dimensions, which is why they are very bizarre looking. Yeah, I, on, I cannot really really weird designs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to get us... I don't know what, what they were on when they made this decision to make, like, the these god Pokemons and Ultra Beast Pokemons being from, like, alternate realities and alternate dimensions. I mean, that's not so unusual, uh, but it's just, like, the, the Ultra Beast designs are... Di- they're supposed to be bizarre and if, if not inorganic, but they are strange. Good I, Lord. I think I think they were oh, trying yeah. <laughs> uh, the swole sect. Buzzswole? Oh yeah, Buzzswole. That's what it was. Oh, I love. <laughs> See, a lot of these, I, I, 
associate with the cards in the uh, <laughs> trading card game. And man, that one's got a good card. Uh, Which one? Buzzwell. Buzzwell. Oh, yeah. It is a swole bug. He is definitely oh, swole. Is. Oh, yeah. So he did look like he skipped leg day. <laughs> yeah, he, he's more into the bicep and tricep. <laughs> the legs are... The legs are like uh like the legs on a bee, you know, just tiny little things. No, yeah, it's supposed to be a buff mosquito, apparently. Oh, yeah. And uh the jellyfish one whose name escaped is escaping no. me, but you have it in the sheet. Yeah, Nihiligo, uh, yeah. Um, the ego. Yes. I cannot repeat the nickname I had for that one because I don't want to get us an explicit tag. Oh, um <laughs> let's just say I called it a space something and leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, it it is, or at least its species is kind of responsible for the plot. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I the, the ultra beasts are weird, and I don't know if they were trying to kind of give you the feeling of hunting down le- legendaries again with the ultra beasts. Um, I don't hate them, but I'm not really like crazy over them either, mainly because their designs are so weird. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of a thing in this game. Uh, that being said, Team Skull, I think, was the best team I've seen so far. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because their whole shtick is that they're just a bunch of thugs. I honestly was thinking about this this morning, and I was wondering if this is like how Japanese people kind of see American gangs. <laughs> Maybe. So I, I've listened to way too many podcasts about this where some minorities were very upset about team this team but uh I, I heard a lot more that this was more like the uh what is it like the korean oh k-pop not k- necessarily k-pop boys but like korean hip-hop that actually makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. i thought we were in hawaii well yeah but well they're designing the game in japan <laughs> uh, a, <laughs> and, a yeah. little plus a little bit of crossover i'm sure there's korean immigrants in hawaii well this is true there are um, but yeah, th- uh, yeah, I can see that now because as I mean, I thought that kind of seeing Americans like that tracks just because of the, how the hip hop culture is depicted in World Ends with You. But yeah, that could also point. be Korean uh, inspired. So I don't know. The point is, I like Team Skull because it, it seemed like the, the bad team. It was just like a rash of political people. And I like that it just went back to just being street thugs. <laughs> But they were very rich street, street drugs. drugs. Yes. <laughs> very Didn't they have to pay like $3 million uh, to get into the club at some point? Yeah, something like that. And Maybe these, and... Maybe these were rich kids gone bad. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Take uh, mommy and daddy's money and uh, we'll, we'll just go be Team Skull. And not to mention, I also love Guzma. Oh, Guzma. He has a cool song, and he's just coolly dressed, and he's such a cool dude. I, I stand all, for All Guzma. I want to do is take, like, images of them or record video of them and put it to Vogue by Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> also, the thing I appreciate about Team Skull is that they're easy to cosplay. <laughs> yeah. It would not be difficult, no. no. <laughs> get, your, get yourself a bandana and some chains, and there you go. Um, the, the hardest part would getting it would be getting the necklace where their skull has the S as the top part of the skull. Oh, that's not that hard. You yeah, you can probably it. find it on Etsy. Yeah, as I said, that would be the hardest part. I didn't oh, say right. it's hard necessarily. <laughs> right, right. That's true. That That's the one part that may not be laying around your... Uh... Laying around your house. But uh, get, getting back to the story, so uh, 
at some point you defeat the president of Aether, who turns out to be Lily's mom, and then Lil Luzamine, his her mom, opens an ultra wormhole to transport them into ultra space where the ultra beasts live, and then she overclocks Nebby, who goes into a cocoon form. And then you, after that, you go into a final island where you evolve Nebby into its final form, either Sol, Gleo, or Lunala, depending on your version. Yes, for the first time in the series, a legendary Pokemon evolves. I remember being weirdly flabbergasted just because it was such a long-standing tradition. Yeah. Legendary are the ultimate Pokemon. They shouldn't. They don't evolve. Maybe not they shouldn't evolve, but just they don't evolve. And now it's just like, huh, well, that's been broken. Yeah, once again, changing up things for the for the better. Though it does make getting a living Pokedex kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and need, oh great, I need the mid-form and the final form, so I can't just play it two times. I've just got to get lucky on the GTS, and luckily I did. Um, I mean, you could, but you'd have to, like, trade it to it. You have to have another game lying around to trade them to or something. Yeah. Or buy yeah. another game. Yeah. <sighs> That was a little annoying, but um, but yeah, so you evolve Sogaleo, and then you beat the uh, beast-possessed Lizard Mane using your new legendary, and after that, you go beat the Elite Four and beat... Er, Defeat the Elite Four and then beat the game. Yeah, can we just uh, say that Usamine's, like that form, she she merges with Nihiligo and becomes this bizarre jellyfish form, and you don't get to fight that, You she still throws Pokemon at you. What the heck? <laughs> Just like, yeah, here's a really cool battle. Like, oh, what the heck? Throws out a Rattata. <laughs> and then um, for the ultra version of that particular fight, it, it, the ending kind of, or the end game kind of goes a little bit crazy because um, it deals with Necrozoma, if I'm pronouncing his Necrozma, name right. I Necrozma. 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 It, um, Necrozma possessing uh, either Solgleo or Luna Lunala, and then you've got to defeat them. Yes, because in the original games, Necrozma was just this final legendary Pokemon that shows up after you capture the Ultra Beasts, but doesn't really have much in the way of lore or anything behind it. So in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, it takes center stage. It's actually the main antagonist instead of Lusamine. And it takes on a brand new, extremely powerful form in Ultra Necrozma. And that is actually a really tough fight. Yeah, I remember I that use, thing. Like battle tower strategies against that thing. Yeah, that thing was not easy. Although I hear that you can trick it easily using a uh, Zoroark as illusion ability as a type weak. Like if you make trick it into being like uh, transforming quote unquote into a type that is weak against psychic, it'll just keep using psychic attacks on it. <laughs> but it's not the smartest AI. It's just really tough. Ah, so Pokemon plays Twitch style AI. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I, I see that you had put in the post-game stuff for Ultra. Yes. Um, Team Rainbow Rocket. Now, you, you'll have to go into this because I didn't play any of that. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, just to go a either. little bit yeah, more to Ultra. So Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, as I said before, uh, it, it weirdly inserts the additions to the story because uh, part of the storyline also involved a some people from what's called the old i think what's called the ultra metropolis it was a like a city in ultra space where people live and the ultra recon squad were trying to get help to defeat necrozma before it woke up and ate the sun or something it wanted to like swallow all the light in the world if it got if it woke up and got free hence you had to 
defeat Ultra Necrozma before facing the Elite Four. And after in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon as part of the post game, um, at some point, t- a uh, evil team, they call themselves Team Rainbow Rocket, takes over first the Festival Plaza and then the Aether Paradise, which is where the Aether Foundation is located. Uh, Giovanni is there, and he's not the Giovanni from that world. He's from another universe where he took over the world. And somehow, I don't think they, I can't remember if they ever explained, he managed to transport the evil team leaders from other universes where they also (laughs) won. So Maxi got ground on to expand the land. Uh, no, yeah, it's a, yeah, no, yeah, Maxi. Archie got Kyogre to expand the sea. Cyrus got his new, brand new universe without spirit. Uh, Getsis is ruling the world behind Puppet King N. And Lysander presumably wiped out all life on the planet. Okay, I... Then, I, yeah. I, Ooh, I this is going very a, multiverse. Yeah, yeah I, I need to play this. I did myself a dead surface not playing it because it actually sounds cool. No, it's actually... It sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it actually is pretty cool. Like, I, I, as much as, but uh, to, to try to finish up. So, you have to fight them because Giovanni wants to take over the multiverse, or I guess as much of it as that he can, because I imagine that's not easy. And he wants the Aether Foundation's Ultra Wormhole research so he can capture Ultra Beasts and take over other worlds. So, you fight all of these evil team leaders. And it's pretty neat to see them in 3D for the first time. And then you take on Giovanni himself, who has a Mega Mewtwo. I think Mega Mewtwo Y. He's a pretty tough fight himself. And while you and while you do manage to defeat him, Giovanni runs away. But he does muse to himself if he should try to attack another world. Which actually I think might tie into Pokemon Go, since... But I, I guess just speculation on my part. Yeah, I honestly can't remember because I didn't play a lot of Pokemon Go back then. But yeah, that that post game sounds cool. Now I wish they would have let you like transfer your save yeah, to like, play that, all of that. Yes, it is actually really neat. Like I am annoyed with how samey Ultra Sun Ultra Moon is to the base games. And while, again, it would be more ideal just to skip them and go to Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, I think it is worth it, at least, because the, the Rainbow Rocket episode is pretty neat. Hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to giving this a try with my son next year. Yeah, at some point I am going to boot up um, Ultra Moon and give the game another try with, you know, a little bit of time in between. Yeah, I have I have a playthrough that's near the end of the game I, that I now suddenly want to go back to immediately. <laughs> I'm the only one that finished episode RR, huh, at least on this call. Yeah, no. Um, but no, give it a try. It's pretty It's pretty cool. I always plan to go back to it. It's just, you know, new, shinier games constantly. Yeah, yeah. And especially since we've got a new old Pokemon game coming out soon not to date the show or anything but with uh <laughs> shining diamond and brilliant or i'm probably getting that backwards diamond and pearl on switch there <laughs> there you go yes um but yeah i mean it goes without saying i love these games um i i thought the characters were nice <laughs> it was the first time i actually felt bad for beating the crap out of a rival because how is so sweet oh yeah <laughs> Eh, he doesn't care. It's just fun. I mean, he, 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 he kind of shows hints that he's kind of upset that he never seems to win, but he does keep a good nature about it, and he mm-hmm. keeps trying. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 he's always a little bit easier to beat than Wally, who it's like, my God, kid, get something other than a Ralts. You're just asking me to kick your crap in. 
with my level 99 Zangoose. <laughs> but um, just kind of – did we miss anything? Oh, there's one thing I wanted to say about the uh, the end of the league. The final battle in that has one of my favorite songs I think I've ever heard in a Pokemon game, Battle at the Summit. Is was just such an awesome battle theme uh, that I will like blast it in my car on occasion. <laughs> by all means, uh, put put it in the sheet for sure. Matt to put in the show because I just picked some stuff. But yeah, that theme is actually they even put it in Smash Brothers, so someone else likes it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, my, like one of my favorite themes in a series, certainly in either games, is an Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. It's the battle against Ultra Necrozma. That is just amazing. Um, I think my favorite song, which I'm doing pre-roundtable here, but I never put this question on, um, is uh, Fast Pony Canyon. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of good music in, in this game. Like, just, it it does a great job of, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, just um, giving, like, a, a cool feeling to the whole region. Like, it's even just some of the, like, the mundane themes are really nice. It's It's very relaxing. It's certainly suiting to the region. I, I personally think it's missing a little something since uh, Shota Kageyama, who had been composing Pokemon music for six years at that point, had stopped at these games. Although he still continues to like add to side games and such. I think he's done music for Pokemon Masters. And it just feels like there's... I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's, just, it's missing that like, extra oomph that was in uh, in uh, Black and White and X and Y. Although, again, the Ultra Good with Cosmo theme is quite amazing. See, I can't remember any of the music from X and Y. <laughs> I mean, I can. The uh, battle against... The, the, the champion battle theme is excellent. There's the battle against Xerneas and Eveltal is great. Yeah. Um, there's the uh, few of the town themes like Anchime... Is it Anchime? Oh, no, I'm thinking of Bravely. Uh, uh, some of the, the town themes were really good. Like, I, I know how they go, but I, for, oh, I forget exactly which towns they're for. And, of course, Omega Ruby Alpha of Sapphire had uh, the battle against, um, uh, what's her name? Anyway, we're getting off track. Oh, that's cool. No, you, you bring up Smash Brothers just rem- reminded me. So Zinnia, that's her name. Lorekeeper Zinnia. That theme is amazing. They uh, put... Incineroar and Smash Brothers, and I think people were angry that they 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 said that they designed Incineroar to put in Smash Brothers, but I don't think what <laughs> I don't think it's that deep. I just think they're like, hey, let's just put this new fighter Pokemon in Smash Brothers. Someone wanted to make a wrestler Pokemon, clearly. Yeah, and that's yep. cool. And and that being said, man, Incineroar and Smash is freaking OP. I love. I don't it. know. I don't know if anybody has played Ultra. I, I do like playing him. I like turning him purple and playing <laughs> as him. I play green. So. <laughs> anybody I can turn purple, I really enjoy on Smash. Nice. I just remember being excited because, like, yes, this means he gets an amiibo, and I have his amiibo sitting on my desk right now, along with about ten different Litten figures. <laughs> I did I'm, see I'm, your figure yeah. earlier this week. I've got the uh, Primarina plush that they made as well as Cosmog. Should have a Litten plush nice. somewhere around here. Where'd it go? Um, but my husband that year for Christmas just raided the store for all things Litten. Um, 
got me a Litton plush and a huge Litton plush that I actually have no space for. And then um, Litton socks. <laughs> and then later on, they released a uh, a line called Litton's Playhouse that I have a shirt with that basically has all of the Pokemon cats just being cats. <laughs> um, it's very cute. And I also have a blanket that's got that same design. So glad that Pokemon is finally recognizing cats as the best pet. <laughs> Are Pokemon's themselves the best pet? True. <laughs> of course, you, you think about it. If I could have pets and Pokeballs, I could have as many cats as I want. It's true. Um, and I, I've seen multiple crazy cat people in uh, Pokemon games. Um, one, one of them being in this game, which we'll get into later. Um, but yeah, um, did we want to go over anything else before taking a break and doing our roundtable? I did. I want to talk about uh, um, one of the themes that goes through this game quite a bit. Everybody's got mommy and daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> like you move, you move to Alola because your parents get divorced, right? Mm-hmm. I, is that is that what happened? I, as far as I'm aware, he just moved. Like they just moved. I mean, that may you're you not. The, the player's father is only ever shows up in third generation. Yeah, the gym leader. Mm, oh, that's true. But you got how one of the fans that your mom is one of the characters from what was it, black and white? Huh? What would you say? Yeah, that's one of the fan theories is that your mom is like a grown up um, character from either black or white and or, and or X and Y. I forget which one it was, but that's one of the fan theories. Mm-hmm. Like that's was that. one of the gym leaders. No, I did not know that. You got How's Dad. How's Dad's gone because he couldn't uh, deal with the pressure of being the son of a kahuna. And he's off in Kanto, I think, training. So you just got How and his dad. Obviously, Lily's got family issues galore. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> since mom's trying to, you know, control Break. the ultra beasts and whatever. Break the yeah, planet. She's a, Break, uh, yeah. I'm go- I'll go into her a little more, but Lucimine is a very interesting character, especially in the base games. And, I mean... It was something I heard somewhere else, and then I just started going down the rabbit hole this past week. Um, like, early in the game, I think the first store that you go into where you can change your clothing, um, Lily's got a comment in there like, oh, did your mom, like, pick out that outfit for you or something? And it, it's kind of like just a throwaway line. But, like, she goes through a personal transformation through the game, and at one point she changes her appearance and starts dressing differently. And... Mom is uh, completely obsessed with that. What is it? The Nihiligo? Yeah, in general, she's obsessed with the Ultra Beast, but Nihiligo especially. Yeah, Nihiligo. And if you look at Lily and you look at Nihiligo, the way she dresses at the beginning, like there's a lot of similarities there that mom's dressing her. Yeah, that's the the implication. And there was also some fan theories that were wrong, but I'll I'll get into that a little later as well. Uh. Man, that's deep. I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, I mean, you look at the hat, and even like her pigtails could be those little tentacles that are coming from the head. And the but yeah, like at one point in the game, after encountering mom, she's like, no, 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 I need to change the way I dress. And for the rest of the game, she's dressed differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fan theory is that it's uh, Shauna is the mom. Uh, yeah, Shauna from X is uh, the mom for, for the main character Naloa. Oh. Again, first I've heard of that. Uh, I have no idea. Was Professor <laughs> Kakui? You see his wife, right? Yes. Is that the first professor to have a wife in the game? 
No, um, what's this? no, uh, if anybody, the, what's this, the, uh, Professor Birch is, you can talk to his family in one of the other houses mm. in, uh, New Barktown. And, um, and, uh, Professor, Professor Birch, Professor Elm, and Professor Birch also has a family, because his child is your rival. Ah. Uh, I, and- I remember when this game dropped the internet going a little bit, uh, crazy for Kakui, too. Dreamy Kakui. Yeah, I mean he. The, they were he going does a little have, He uh, does have some abs. <laughs> so Kikui. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know we kind of glossed over this. Oh, you want to go ahead? No, no. Just like like Lily doesn't just have uh, her issues with her mother Lucimine. Her father had also disappeared some years before. Uh, he was researching ultra wormholes and apparently vanished into one. And that's part of the reason why Lucimine went crazy. Oh. Also, it's uh, strongly implied and then. St- outright stated in ultra sun ultra moon that the guy mons who is like who helps you with the pokey pelago uh, he's that guy there with blonde hair that is him but for some reason his memory is lost when he went through that ultra wormhole so it's just like what are you doing here dude <laughs> your family is like gone crazy your wife has gone crazy because you're here oh your memory's gone okay just helping you get beans man just helping <laughs> you get beans <laughs> I, I need the beans all about the beans all right so one other thing i wanted to bring up was Kikui, we kind of gloss over it like, oh, you know, you do all these island challenges and then you beat the Elite Four. Um, the Elite Four weren't there. This is like the first, you going through is the very first time these Elite Four in Alola have been used because um, Professor Kikui had traveled the world, saw how everybody else does it, came back and he's like, you know, we got these island challenges and everything and that's pretty cool, but why don't we have an Elite Four like all the other regions have an Elite Four? So he's and and I heard this like I, and again another way like cultural appropriation. Why can't we just keep having island challenges? Got to have the elite four here too. Yeah, we didn't bring over gyms, but yeah, uh, I mean I I, I think it's kind of neat that you're building this league for the first time by going through yeah. the challenge, but being its first act like being its first champion. They did say that at the end of the island challenge they did something. In fact, one of the elite four uh, the the, the the flying type user Kahili was a past winner of the island challenge, but I forgot exactly what happened before I decided let's just create an let's create a fusion of our unique mm-hmm. island challenge and the leagues from other regions. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you're the first one to take on the elite four. And uh, yes. in Alola. Yes, and, and and what's also really neat is when you're um like when you go rechallenge the elite four since you're the champion, it's other characters in the game that challenge you for the title. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you have to defend your title. Yes. Right? You, yeah, you can yeah. battle how I believe how Gladian, um, this guy who shows up in the post game named Ryuki who wants to make a I, I can grab the strategy guide. Now I can remember it, but and and um, I does Ku, I don't think, I don't know if Kukui himself. Uh, uh, what's some other? Well, Kukui's the he, he's the final yeah. one. Yeah, he's the final the one. But I think he never challenges yeah. you. I think it's just that one time. How ballsy of him to just be like, I'm going to be the final one. Yeah, I think, oh, well, oh, right. Umeria, who is Guzman's right-hand uh, woman, also challenges you. I think Guzman himself can challenge you in the other version. All right, and one other thing. So after you do all this, you get to go around and you can fight all the gar- the guardian deities again and catch them. Yes. What's up with that? They've been defending these islands forever. They're like fighting the Ultra Beasts when the Ultra Beasts get loose at one point, right? Yes, I mean, you you've already went around and you're you're there catching the ultra beasts and you're only going to live for several decades. I'm sure they'll be fine. 
I mean, it's, you are now the guardian deity, basically. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've got like the gods of time and space and the little literal god of all Pokemon creation in my Pokemon that is bank true. here that is currently. True. What, like, what's why a couple not have of the island guy? Yes. <laughs> all right, a couple all right. of island guardians. Uh, You've convinced me. I love all their designs too. I have a little Tapu Koko on my desk. Those things are so cool. Also, uh, oh, you're talking cultural appropriation. Like, I, did they or did they steal our culture by doing the Elite Four? Or are we? Well, kind of, the Islanders are all of a sudden like you know the system we had. Oh, I guess we got to Kakui's bringing it in. I guess Kakui's appropriating other cultures. Yes. Okay. They're not getting rid of the island challenge. They're just you know fusing it, adding to it. Yes. Or and I don't know. It's just it's. It's just one of those things that's weird to me. Are they building gyms in some of the cities? No, there's just this one no. guy who, in Ultra Sun Ultraman, just this one guy named Ryuki who uses Dragon-type Pokemon who built his own Kanto-style gym, but it's not official. Oh, because there's a bunch of, aren't there, what is it, the Machamps walking around with the beams and the, maybe it's just one or two cities or something. I think. I just want to know, do those Machamps get breaks? <laughs> yeah, when you turn the game off. <laughs> I want to know: Do those Machamps go home and sleep with you in your bed, like your cute little, <laughs> cute little Pikachu? Uh, I mean, I've I, I've seen some pictures, man. <laughs> oh, dear. And right there is the explicit tag. Don't look yeah. at the pictures. Hey, hey, I never said what they entailed. Oh, that's true. <laughs> We're a podcast, not visual. Uh, is, just, is, it wasn't there an image going around recently of this dude who shared a picture of like, yeah, it's me, my girlfriend, and her four foot Maleep? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot creepier if it was a six foot Machamp. <laughs> yes. Could you? I, I think one of the ones I saw was um, the various evolutions of Litten waking you up. And, you know, Litten just kind of. St- it stands on you like a cat. Tora cat like works a fire hairball in you on you while you're trying to sleep, and Incineroar just like does a pile driver waking <laughs> up, <laughs> which oh, isn't that, that far off from what my cats do. To be honest, all three of them. Uh, oh, I, th- I think we're ready to move on to the round table. We are. We are. We will be right back with a roundtable where we get into our personal thoughts. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are getting into the roundtable right now. This is where we talk about our personal thoughts about the game, our favorite characters, favorite Pokemon, uh, memories, that kind of stuff. So, the the question that's always for any Pokemon game, uh, who's your starter? And the only right answer is Litten. Wow. How about that? (laughs) That's a weird way to pronounce Rowlet. (laughs) 
You just oh, gotta that... roll it a little bit more. Roll it. Roll it. Roll it. Roll it. Roll it. I mean, that being Rowlet. said. Listen. I think by the end of the game, I was using Rowlet a little bit more than, or Desirai a little bit more than Incineroar, just because there was a whole lot of water types. But make your case for Desirai wheels. I mean, I usually hate any sort of grass type. Like I, I am usually Mr. Fire type in pretty much all of these games. But um, I don't know. I think Decidui has just this really cool design to him. Like the way he's got sort of acts like he has a bow and arrow. I don't know. It just, I think it's really cool. Plus I like ghost types. So getting like a ghost type mixed in there. Very cool to me. I, that being said, I think that they really pulled out the stops on the originality for all three of the uh, uh, starters. Yes, no, I, you really can't go wrong with any of these starters. I, I love them all. They're great. <laughs> Um, what about you, Cassandra? It's Litten. It's got to be Litten. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I picked the fire type for every generation. Uh, I, I don't see this stopping unless I guess there's a design I really, really don't like. I like cats, and I really like tigers. And while admittingly I might have preferred Incineroar if it were a, a, like maybe like an actual four-legged tiger, I still like the des- I still like its design. It's still pretty up there as far as final starter fire types for me yeah uh i forgot to mention in my latest <laughs> the playthrough i have ongoing i actually fired up a second copy of the game just to get a litten and transfer it over so i could have both rowlet and <laughs> at the same time yeah i'm pop leo sitting there unloved yes yeah you know i, mean, I, I like the, i like pop leo i also like the, and i like fine Fremont. fine he's got a good personality right yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, I Papaleo is adorable, especially mm-hmm. that final form. Yeah. Uh, and, and I did use the GTS to get all of the starters too, and I did ended up using all of them. But oh, Litton, you are my favorite. I think that's what you said too, Robert. Uh, no, actually, I my favorite was Papaleo because it basically oh. turns into Miku. Hatsune Miku as a selkie. Yes, and and I just I found the. The uh, design absolutely adorable. In fact, um, I was able to f- get lucky and get a, and and I mentioned this earlier. I actually do have a plush of the of Primarina. Nice, sitting Ooh. up in my closet because the kids would pull her apart. Oh, yikes! Yeah, I had ended, I had ended up with both Incineroar and Desudai plushes, and I tried to find Primarina just because I was like, well, I might as well get all three of them. And for some reason, she got expensive. I bought her though. during tax return one year um, for my wife. Because I had picked up Desuda at GameStop because it was on clearance, and I was going around town trying to find uh, Primarina and just couldn't find her and went to go look on eBay, and she had, like, doubled in price by that point. And I was like, well, I guess the trio's not going not gonna to happen. But um, I think everybody said their favorite starter. I picked Litton, too. Good job. <laughs> I, I'm more Litten of a cat is- person, and yeah, three out of four games, I'll do the fire starters, so it, it was a pretty easy pick. Wait, wait but I think the- I ended up with all of them <laughs> yeah, pretty I think quickly every- myself, so whatever. With the GTS, it's easier than ever yeah. to get all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have some pretty I have some pretty good ones myself in my games. 
Because, like, back in the day, you always bought two copies and then just started up the other copy multiple times and transferred it. Yeah, well, I had a sister, so that was easy enough to arrange. Like, okay, trade these over and then we can have all of them. Oh, I did not, unfortunately. I didn't have a player partner till Diamond and Pearl. Um, But never mind that. Did you guys have a favorite island challenge? Acerola's trial. It's Acerola's trial, at least for me. The the ghost one, where you go into the abandoned store and you take pictures of ghost Pokemon and eventually flush out Mimikyu, a ghost fairy type. Yeah, I have to second that then, just because Mimikyu is just such a weird, cool Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mimikyu... First off, the fans ruined Mimikyu because, of course, they draw it wearing corpses. But also... That particular Mimikyu creeped me the hell out because you know you go to you go to its little hole and it's got p- pictures of covered in pictures of Pikachu. And I'm like, okay, this is very one hour photo uh, creepy of you, and then find out that 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 place never existed, and you find that out as the Mimikyu pops up out from the background and just kind of glares at you, and it's like. Okay, I'm done with this challenge, and that, because of that, it's actually my favorite challenge of the three, just because of how memorable it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree with that. It was it was very memorable. Um, I mean, the story behind Mimi Q is that it's sort of really ugly, and so it wants to be like Pikachu, who's universally loved, and that's how come it's obsessed with Pikachu. Why oh, it dresses like one? Yeah. Yeah, and even dresses like one, but the um. But yeah, the fi- the the reason that really stands out is you find out that the room you fought it in doesn't even exist. Like, and if you even go back into the store, the the door that you went through for isn't even there. I mean, it is. It's and that was like just mind blowing to me that they did something like that. Oh, but like, okay, that's level. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Eerie, but it's like eerie. the most memorable one because of it. I mean, like I I do remember like bits and pieces as we've been talking about the others tonight, but that is the only one that I can hand down and say I like remember remember. Uh, yes, and Navy Q is not just apparently scary underneath. It's so horrifying you'd either lose your mind or die if you saw what was underneath <laughs> that uh, Pikachu hoodie. So it's pretty much like a Shogoth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A miniature Eldritch Abomination. Oh, but it, but it's so cute. <laughs> it just wants to be your friend and snuggle forever, which is the name of its Z- yeah. unique Z move. Just don't uh, look under the hood, apparently, or it'll eat your soul <laughs> <laughs> or melt your face. Whatever happens first. Um, I so enjoyed. Uh, all- oh, go ahead. I, I was the I was the dissenter here. I put down Mallow's trial. Um, and it really wasn't anything all that super special, but I just enjoyed going through the forest. Um, you were finding ingredients to uh make that uh, gosh, was it was it something that smelled good or tasted yeah, think, good? Yeah, I think just smelled good. To it was the smell to attract. Yeah. The totem yeah. Out. Yep. Yep. The Lorantis. And that, oh yeah, totem one. Pokemon, which we only barely touched upon, were Pokemon that gained extra power, I think, from the environment. So they were larger and more powerful than usual and could summon other Pokemon during the battle. And that, those could get pretty annoying. Yeah, we forgot to mention that that um, one of the major mechanics of this one was Pokemon calling for help, which is very annoying when you're trying to catch. And even more annoying when some of them only show up by calling for help. I'm uh, looking yeah. at you, Marini. Um, <laughs> God, I think I sat there 
calling Corsillas for an hour before that thing showed up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, so you could get a higher chance of a shiny that way, but you it was pretty it could be pretty difficult depending on the Pokemon. And how yeah, yeah. It, I, I hate that they make it difficult to catch multiple Pokemon. Like you're confused and you can't aim. It's like, I know it's there. I can see it. <laughs> I know how to throw a Pokeball. Yeah, it's okay if you waste a few Pokeballs. It's going to break out of them anyway. Yeah, but I, I digress. So we all had our favorite island challenge. I'm I'm glad everybody else picked the ghost trial. Um, favorite character? Guzma. Okay. <laughs> Guzma. So yeah, as alluding to before, it, mine is Lusamine. Uh, especially in the original Sun and Moon. Uh, Lucimine is, you find out she's the main villain, and and it's not that hard, because early on when you first meet her, she seems all sweet and nice, but she's got this glint of an evil smile to her, and she's a little too obsessed with the Ultra Beasts. You later find out that she basically, she, like, she and her husband were searching Ultra Wormholes, but he disappeared into one. She was trying to find him, and then became really focused on Ultra Beasts. And at some point, she encountered an Ihaligo that uh, infected her with its neurotoxin and made her go crazy until she forgot why she wanted to look for Ultra Beasts and just wanted to try to find them. And she became so focused, she started to dislike her children because she was just kind of controlling, but not necessarily abusive. And then she just got all nasty, manipulative and abusive towards them. She even tries to kill them on one occasion. She fuses with Nihiligo to become that creature that you don't actually get to fight. And then when it's all said and done, you, you do find out that she starts to um, break out of that monomania she was into as she compliments Lily, and she slowly starts to recover. In fact, it looks like an Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. You kind of find out what her original personality is because she's not crazy and evil there. She's just obsessive and thinks she's the only one that can save the world. So I find her very interesting and definitely the most, one of the more unique um, villains in the series. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I, I thought that she was cool. Yeah, second only to N, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's hard to tap in. Uh, um, my great. my favorite is actually Officer Nanu, um, just because I think I relate to him <laughs> as a character. Uh, he gives no craps. He wears flip-flops with pants, and he has an entire room full of meowths. <laughs> and you can definitely relate to the entire room full of meows. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I wonder. Cool, if, I wonder if one of them uh, knocks amiibos off of shelves and meows constantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he ended up being my favorite character. I just loved how. It, yeah, he, he's so happy-go-lucky, and for the most part, he he didn't mind losing. He's just out to have a good time. Um, I, I liked at one point when you were fighting some uh, Team Skull Grunts. And he had to battle them, and he was like, "Oh man, like this is no fun when you can't afford to lose." It, it just that actual seriousness took it away for him. He didn't, uh, he wasn't there for the uh, real hardcore battling. And of course, my favorite part about him is uh, the what is it, Malasadas, <laughs> the uh, the donuts. <laughs> oh, and he's got oh, yeah. <laughs> The little jelly-filled donuts, and he's got his own personal island challenge where he is going to uh, visit every last uh, Malasada joint in Alola. I didn't know that that's what those were. Yes, those are Malasadas. Yes. I uh, kept misreading it as mimosas for some reason, <laughs> which just shows what a <laughs> drunk I am. I mean, 
A mimosa goes really good with donuts. I mean, <laughs> I'll t- but no, I, I did enjoy how. Not, not quite I, like I love the, the humor. My mama. <laughs> Um, that being said, Robert, did you say yours? Uh, no, my I I enjoyed the, the, the team skull grunts because like most of the games, the the enemy team or organization is like really serious and whatnot. But whenever these guys showed up because of them doing all their you know like weird moves type things all the time, you couldn't take them serious. Yeah. <laughs> they were the most unserious, serious bad guys I've ever seen. Well, I just couldn't help laughing whenever they showed up. Yes, which is why they're like it's pretty easy to find out that they're not really the main bad guys. In fact, they were hired by the Aether Foundation secretly to cause trouble so they could do their so Lusamaya could find the Ultra Beasts. And also they eventually get Nebby back. I thought they were one of the best uses of like just being in a 3D engine now because they their animations were just so great. Oh, oh yeah, I love were. their animations. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you just couldn't take them serious because of the animations. <laughs> but the animations looked really good, which is so you couldn't take them serious, but they looked good being not serious. Yeah. No, I like I said, I appreciate that the series kind of got back to just using street punks as uh, <laughs> the, their bad guy team, and then t- taking it to another extreme with the uh, the sequel or not the sequel, the next game in the series. But <laughs> I getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I think all of us said our favorite characters now. You would think that with as many changes as this game had, that it would be the most divisive one in the series. So I have to ask, did you guys like the changes that they made to this one? Yes, very much yes. so, yes. Uh, the changes... It's, it's one of two uh, that I've beaten. I mean, uh, I had had trouble getting back into the series for a long time, and the changes kind of helped me not just, you know get into this game and games going forward but uh, gave me like uh, uh, more of a want to go back and play some of the other ones that I'd kind of skipped and had trouble getting into in the past so um, yeah I I love the changes they just made the game feel fresh and new and um, it it was it was a lot of fun I I mean we we had had our generation six backtrack um, before we before this game came out at some point and it was Cassandra that pointed out it just kind of how bad Generation Six was, and I was yes. team team Go Generation Six. And then I tried to play, I think X again, and realized that she was right. That yeah, they really put a lot of their resources into kind of just getting it into 3D and didn't really have a good plot for X and Y. Yes. Uh, so weak plots and weak characters and characterization. I, I was kind of, but at the time I was kind of wowed at like you know they made this one fun by having the uh, experience share be everything and um, just you know being overall more accessible, easy, a little bit easier to play, and not realizing that you know they kind of phoned in the rest of it. So this one yeah. felt like that it took everything good about X and Y cranked it to 11 and then put in a, a story that was as good as black and white or uh, Ruby and Sapphire. And I mean, it, it's up there with being among, amongst my favorite in the series, right up there with uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Yes. And, and characters that actually have, you know, multiple dimensions to their personality. Um, 
like from black and from black and white like they had their own personality quirks a bunch of them develop over the course of the game like each of like the um different not not that the uh like the trial captains have their own personalities and quirks and again lucemine is a very complex character i like how lily develops and it's not quite to the level of black and white in my opinion but it's quite up it is up there and certainly better than generation six or eight yeah, yeah. um was it guzma even had some he had the development <laughs> mm-hmm. he uh in his party that he was using he had certain pokemon that only evolved with friendship and by the end of the game they had evolved so kind oh, of a I deep never cut noticed there that. that never noticed oh, that. another neat touch yeah mm-hmm Oh, yeah, because his Dang. thing was just like, I am the best trainer, although I'm kind of a jerk. And then you mm-hmm. humble him by eating him multiple times and he finds out what, you know, happens to Lucemine and such. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, there's there's a lot of nice little touches about this game that give it like lots of detail that I felt like X and Y were missing. Like, I was really excited for them to do like a region based on France. And, you know, afterwards, I never really felt like there was much to that region at all whereas this is just like brimming with life and detail and it was it was just it was great and cassandra i correct me if i'm wrong didn't you write this one in one of your favorite d3ds games article that we did for the site um i think so it is it's certainly up there again it's it's either my i can't decide it depends on what side of the bed I wake up on, I guess, whether I prefer <laughs> black and white more or these games more. I, I only asked that because I um, found that article by accident again, looking for something else and read through it and was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I contributed to this article writing about uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire and how those ga- um Pokemon Ruby somehow invokes madness in me. <laughs> and I saw that Sun and Moon was on that list, but I couldn't remember if you wrote the board for that or not. I'm possibly. I, I, I don't. I, I know. I, I did write the review for Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, showing like these are good games, but this is it's really kind of an it's like it's really samey if you play the originals. I I think I may have done Sun and Moon for that. I can't remember. Okay. Because <laughs> they they are my favorite Pokemon game for sure. Um, Robert, what do you think? I I really enjoyed the changes. Um. I mean, I, I beat X and Y mostly because I just really liked the designs of the legendaries at the end. But this one, I mean... Sorry, neighbor came home and my dog was barking. Um, okay. So, but this one, I mean, the, the, cha- the, the, the change with the gyms to sort of these island challenges was a lot more fun. Because they were, they were more varied. Like, you know, having to pick the which Marowak was dancing differently in... And then the ghost one, where you go into this room that doesn't really exist. And, I mean, it, there, it was... all the, This one, I felt, really was where the direction of Pokemon needed to go and continue going forward. Like, uh, being a little more experimental. maybe Not too much, but just enough to give, give it some change. Give each one its own unique identity. Also, the no HMs thing, oh my god, that was such a godsend. Yep, I'm glad yep. they've kept that. Yes. But yeah, uh, the, the, the island challenge is such a nice change of pace. And again, regional form, regional forms for old Pokemon, such a great idea. I, I hope there's a future that, that, region where we only get new Pokemon and regional variants. Like, let's just kind of yeah. sort of create black and white again. Yes, please. Hey, uh, hey, hey maybe uh, we'll get a black and white remake at some point on the Switch. 
Events. Well, I don't, I don't know. At that point, this might be on such a successor. Um, well, we shall see. It took Switch the, to Electric Boogaloo. Considering um, how long it took for the uh, Diamond Pearl remakes to, to come out. Um, I'm also curious. Uh, I'm also curious how this question is going to go when we do Sword and Shield. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not going to be as positive. Um, and then finally, the question, last question for me. Damn it. Uh, I have I have mixed feelings, put it that way, just, just like I did with X and Y. So, y- you know, what's funny is that I feel like ever since they started doing two Pokemon a generation, the first one, they're trying to find their feet. And then the second one is amazing. Yeah. Yes. That, uh, that's yeah. That's always that's kind of always been true. <laughs> yeah. Like Diamond and Pearl were, you know, pretty decent. Black and white were fantastic. Um, Di- Diamond and Pearl was when I started feeling kind of mad, and then Black and White I kind of started like appreciated after the fact. I originally skipped Black and White because of Diamond and Pearl, <laughs> which is a shame because they really did perfect it on DS, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think my main complaint with Black and White was that the deluge of uh, new Pokemon kind of overwhelmed me, is what it is. Um, I guess maybe that's why we haven't gotten at least 100 since Black and White. (laughs) And people complain about that, but I appreciate it, because having to come up with all new ones for Black and White, you could tell that they were running out of ideas. Mm. Some of them felt very samey, but Black and White did birth some of my favorite ones of all time, like uh, Perloon and Lightbird. I love the trash what the heck is the trash one's name? Yeah, Trubbish and Garboder. Of those. Oh boy, big, big old pile of trash. <laughs> when did the ice cream start? Oh, it was uh, all white. <laughs> yep, somebody just looked around the office. Okay, need some suggestions. How's I, your ice cream? Ice cream. Turn that tears. into a Pokemon. Yeah, I still like it more than the barnacle Pokemon in X and Y. <laughs> Do we have any opinions on the key Pokemon? Left key. Left key. Uh, <laughs> loading key. They're fairy type. The, the pun's <laughs> better than the idea. I personally like the uh, Rainbow Muck. Yeah, true. But um, and then kind of kind of getting into our last question, which I always ask, is what were your memories? Um, what was happening when you was playing the game at the time? Okay, I, I've got a very clear one of this. Because it was a very near miss and it would have been really cool. Um, this came out the same year Pokemon Go came out. And at the, what is it, Pokemon Go came out around the 4th of July, sometime early July of that year. And I'd been playing it for a while and we were getting ready to go back to school. And I called up the lady who I do after school clubs all the time. And I was like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I want to do a Pokemon Go club. And she's like, oh my god, no, that's not crazy. Like, everybody's playing it and i had to go through our it department get all our wi-fi turned on because all the kids ipads needed to be able to work all over campus and they got it all hooked up so we could do it and ended up with like 26 kids in this after school club because i told her i said we can fill this club up whatever i don't i won't even cap it at 20 this time and we'd spend the first 30 minutes every week playing uh they could bring in their cards and play the card game or I had the school buy me like a used copy of um, whatever. I think it was probably the Alpha Sapphire remakes. And one of them came like completely loaded with shiny level 100 (laughs) 
fake Pokemon. <laughs> so I would just sit there and trade them to the kids all <laughs> like all the time. Like who was who was a shiny Charizard? Like here you go. You don't even have to give me anything good in return. Don't care. Um, but then we'd walk around the school for half an hour um, once a week and just play Pokemon Go. And a few months, I think it was September of that year, month in the school year, they had at GameStop a um, event where you could go try Dragon Quest Seven on the 3DS because that was getting ready to come out. Come play from like 2 to 4 p.m. at your local GameStop. They had Nintendo reps there and there was going to be none in the Orlando area. Finally found one that was going to pop up in Tampa, Went um, made my wife go back to her parents' house for the weekend so I could go with her, with her and just hang out there and be like, hey, Saturday, 2 o'clock, I got to go. I got to run up to GameStop for a while. I was there probably an hour and a half, almost the entire two hours. I was the only one that showed up to play <laughs> Dragon Quest Seven. And a- after, like, probably about 30 minutes, I ended up just talking to the rep just so much about other games coming out and whatever. And I got to talk about Pokemon Go um, and my club. And she's like, oh, my God, this would be really great. Do you teach in the area? And I was like, no, I'm over in Orlando. And she got um, my email and every information. And she got the Nintendo rep in my area to get a hold of me. And we traded emails probably 20 times over like once a day. I was like, boy, this lady doesn't check her email very often for being someone like on the go. And she had plans. She had a day she was going to come out to my school and she had plushes and stuff to give to my Pokemon club. Um, And it just at some point she just she could she couldn't get in. She couldn't do this. Couldn't do that. Oh, I got to I got to go here today. And. It just all fell through. It was like a bunch of empty promises. I was like, oh, and then it got really close to November and she just stopped emailing me. And I was like, ah, oh, well, crud. But that was that was it was almost what happened. <laughs> but but I definitely remember leading right up to it because by the time it hit um, and we had wanted to I wanted to wrap the price of this game into our club. But because it came out that Friday before Thanksgiving and we take the entire week of Thanksgiving off, it was like, you know, if Amazon doesn't have that at school by 3 p.m., like these kids don't get the game for like the next 10 days. So (laughs) at Uh, one point that was a discussion like, let's do that and everybody will get a copy of the game. We'll wrap that into the price of the club and whatever. But it's like that would have been amazing had it happened. But at the same time, I'm there would have been a part of me that would have kind of been glad that it didn't happen because of all the kids that weren't in the club that might have gotten pissed at not getting a game or a plush or <laughs> yeah I, I don't know the cynic in me just sees fights breaking out over that <laughs> what was great is like a couple of years later when uh we it, we always have a ceremony the first day back at school and they give people awards for being there 5 10 15 years and uh, my boss gets up one year, a couple of years later, and she's like, and, you know, we're going to call Matt up for his years of service now. Quite possibly the only person that convinced about 27 parents out there to drop $250 on a club to play a free game. Come on up. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, you know. I to do this for dramatic effect. <laughs> I always keep forgetting that you work at a private school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll, they'll pay through it. I mean, usually our, like, I, they just drop $1,500 on a set of new robots for me through the after-school club. So, I mean, usually the price is set because we, we got a lot of cool stuff we're buying all the time. But, yeah, that one was just, 
bring your own cards, bring your own 3DSs, and uh, you'll walk around with your device and play Pokemon Go. And <laughs> so many kids signed up. And for years afterwards, the kids were like, why didn't you do that, like, the next semester or, or the next nine weeks when we had... I was like, no, that, that was a one-off, like... <laughs> I couldn't keep that magic up. I mean, I would have I, had I, half the number of signups the next time. I, I would have died to have a school that would have let you br- bring your 3DS to class and play Pokemon. Because back in my day, uh, you brought your Game Boy to class and got taken away from you. Oh, yeah. First time I ever saw 3DS, I took it away from a kid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, Mine's real short. I'll go into mine real quick because... Um, not going to worry a whole lot of memories, but I do remember one dumb thing that my husband and I always do when we play a new Pokemon game together is we play this dumb game where we try to come up with the filthiest names we can think of for our Pokemon that we can get away with. And when I caught a Mudbray, I'm sitting here thinking of names and I start thinking about the uh, – donkey show scene in clerks 2 and thinking oh <laughs> and thinking oh god i have the perfect name kinky, kinky kelly because my, my name is kelly so it's, that was funny to me and i i it went through and i said hey Claude, look at this look at this name and he looked at the name and made the connection and laughed his ass off and he said now catch one and call it sexy stud because if you guys haven't seen Clerks 2, there's a joke about a donkey show, and the name of the donkey show is Kinky Kelly and the Sexy Stud. And uh, I won't spoil the joke. Well, I can't even spoil the joke in this movie because it's kind of filthy. But the point is, Mud, Mud Bray, Donkey, I had to get another one to name it Sexy Stud. And tried to, and it wouldn't let me name it Sexy. So it's like, wait a minute, Pokemon game. <laughs> You let me call – you let me use kinky, and that was just fine, but calling it sexy, and all of a sudden that's a big no-no. So I think I, like, called it sexy stud or something and was very disappointed and frustrated, and um, I think that was about the dirtiest name I could come up with for all of them. And my husband is actually much better at this at the filthy Pokemon names that get past the filter game than me. Um I, it's going to be real funny playing uh, Diamond and Pearl coming up soon and the, the stuff that we come up with. But that that's my memory. Um, you can be kinky in a Pokemon game, but apparently not sexy. <laughs> not inconsistent. Indeed. Okay, I have a few uh, brief me- uh, some brief memories. So one of the original the base games and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Right before Sun and Moon's release, there were a bunch of fan theories going around, and one of them that I thought might have actually turned out to be true was that the different human characters were actually the Ultra Beasts in disguise, because Lily does look a lot like Nihiligo, which was, at the time, just, I I think their real names were still being hidden, and they were called by their code names. Nihiligo was UB01. They thought that Lusamine was actually Fermosa in disguise, UB02. That Guzman was really Zerkatry, the weird electric cable tree thing. And that uh, Gladian, which is Lily's brother, is uh, Buzzswole because his ripped clothes might have meant he hulked out when he transformed. Of course, all that turned out to be incorrect. But, you know, and of course it turned out the reason Lily... is looks like Nihilika because her mother wanted her to dress that way, not because she was secretly a Pokemon from another dimension. 
<laughs> and also that the uh, I was reminded how my sister had played a bit of I think Pokemon Moon and I had gotten Sun. She has hasn't played. I don't think she's ever finished the game. But I remember her saying that she waste like spent most of her money at the beginning of the game. It was like I think three thousand Poke dollars on just buying clothes, just because she likes <laughs> like in real life. She just loves to deck out her wardrobe. And for Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, I had just moved into the house I'm in now, and so I have a lot of vivid memories of me sitting at this desk playing through that game. So that was kind of that's kind of an interesting association. Wheels, what have you got? Uh, so this game came out in kind of a you know, transition-y type year for me. Uh, I had a second kid on the way. Uh, we just moved to a new town. And so this was just like this perfect little piece of comfort nostalgia, like right from the start. And the when you, you know, start up the game, it's got this great theme as it's introducing you to Alola. And it was just like this great, comfortable game at a perfect time where uh i just needed something like that because everything was changing so um and also uh you know my siblings and i all kind of got nostalgia from like uh, uh they had a cool like trailer for this it was like going through all the history of pokemon so we all bought this, the game at the same time and uh it, it was just it was great time i I was nothing but fun fun memories playing this game was that similar to the trailer that they uh put up for the 30th anniversary recently i think think like it goes yeah i think it shows clips of all the different generations and then going up to very brief glimpses of sun and moon for its very initial trailer yeah because i i love that trailer for the 30th anniversary though was very angry that they didn't show off the gamecube titles but i'm one of the few people that likes the gamecube titles so i guess i'm just weird that way you're probably one of the few who even knows they exist i, I like coliseum I, I i played through that game a ton of times mostly to get all uh, uh, master balls and earthquakes but i really did enjoy it not many people realize, but that's the thing. Coliseum people know about. Okay. Pokemon XD, most people don't even realize that exists. Right. Right. I never did get around to playing that. I've I, started twice. I tried it. I didn't like it. I played through both of them all the way through because at the time that was the only way that you could get uh, Lugia and Oho, Ho-Ho on uh, the third generation. Yes. So, um, what about you, Robert? Do you have any memories? Um, so this was, um, Pokemon actually comes out around the same time as my wife's birthday every year. So, um, there for a while, her birthday gifts were always Pokemon. And this was actually the last one we kind of bought, um, due to various reasons. And I mean, I'm just glad that we both really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I've been I've been working the same thing now. Now, in two years' time, ask me if I have some memories, and oh man, I will have memories. Oh, fair. I mean, fair enough. Um, it's it's a little bit harder for me to find memories uh, for ones for games that I've played uh, sooner than later. Um, sometimes just because you know there's not a whole lot going on at the mm-hmm. time, so I get it. It happens. To the best of us, um, and I think that was all of our memories. I don't stuff. know. Yeah, um, when I looked up the prices for these games, I was actually su- genuinely surprised that they're both still going for uh, reasonable prices. Um, Twenty bucks for the regular Sun and Moon, and forty for Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, that can't be said for pretty much the rest of the entire Pokemon series because those things have shot up 
to just ridiculous prices. So yes. um, I was going to say, I've seen some prices for the other ones recently, and they're absurd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is surprising for Sun and Moon to be $20. Pokemon games generally don't like to go down. They stay at their base price or like maybe $5, $10 cheaper for years. Well, I mean, part of that could play because of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which are really just enhanced versions of Sun and Moon. I mean, that's true, but I don't... I honestly think that you could just play Sun and Moon just fine and not really miss too much. Maybe uh, not too much, but I mean, there's Rainbow Rocket. That's cool. And there's and you get and there's new Pokemon, completely new Pokemon in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I mean, if, if you're at a if you're at a GameStop or a flea market and you see Pokemon Sun and Moon for less than for what it's going for now, which is twenty bucks, don't sleep on it. Grab it as soon as you can. Um, and hold out for uh, old, the ultra versions because those are really good too. But the the you know, it's weird when an, an updated version of a game comes out and you don't even I don't even know how to put it. Like the original versions of the game are not bad enough to you know just throw them in the trash. And no, I can't say that for a lot of other remakes and re- reissues that we cover on this show. Um, Especially no, since as mad as I got it the, at those ultra versions, so um, yeah. No, for sure, it, it's a tricky thing. It's just like playing them back to back is kind of aggravating, but they both have their good points. Oh yeah, the original, the base versions and the ultra versions. Oh yeah. Um, basically, at the end of the day, buy any any version of this game you can because it's one of the better Pokemon games in the series. I think that it's. When they actually put effort into the series, I think th- this is the example of it shining li- like a diamond, no yes. pun intended. <laughs> um, and, and also, uh, you can both get all these on the, the eShop, too, if you can't find physical copies, which is good. Um, I'm happy that you can get the uh, other 3DS games on the eShop, because they have gotten ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if anybody has anything else to add. Uh... uh don't care. <laughs> um, that, that being said, uh, I think next backtrack, barring any disaster, we've got a going to have a very interesting experiment unless I can get more people. But we're going to be talking about an anniversary that um, I'm dying to get to. Uh, it's I, I can't believe it's been this long. T- Ten year anniversary of Skyrim. Is your episode going to take an arrow to the knee? Uh, I, I don't know, but it will be released on a toaster if toaster can play in P3s. There's got to be one that can do that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's the game that won't that that won't die that can get released on everything. But um, I, I can't wait to talk about it. But I, that being said, I'm I'm happy to have you guys on tonight to talk Pokemon Sun and Moon. I um, ap- apologize for being a little bit scatterbrained. My work has been a pain the past couple of days. Uh, th- thank you, Robert. Um, thank you, Cassandra, and thank you, Wheels, and of course, thank you to my my brother from another mother, Matt Mason, who I could not do this show without. Um, we are truly a team, a team skull, if you will. And I does this mean I need to dance right now? <laughs> yeah. Yes. D- do your little break dance. Uh, this wow. is an audio podcast. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, th- thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple more weeks. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you want to take us out. I do. I'm going to give a uh, piece of sage advice from the owner of the uh, Pokemon Center Cafe. 
that was in Pokemon Sun and Moon, he had some great advice. Remember that the time you enjoy wasting is not really wasted time. So go out there, play some more Pokemon, waste time with it. Bye, all. Bye-bye.